When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hard to believe as we celebrate heavenly birthdays today, Eddie Money. Real birthdays today. Who do we celebrate earlier? God, I'm getting old. The guy from the church. Right, the church. That uh, Peter Cetera right here from Chicago. And, of course, his own great work. This is Chicago. Hard to say I'm sorry. He's 79 today? Correct. He can't sing anymore either, I don't think. No, he doesn't sing I think he lost his voice. He had a couple of good um, solo songs. One good woman. He did that song. I think. I think it was Crystal Bernard from the show Wings, I believe. He did a song with Cher too. That was pretty good. Ooh, Peter Cetera. Not bad, Ian. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Ian Eagle. Crystal. Anyway, Peter Cetera, happy 79th birthday. All right, I got a book in front of me. It is entitled "Rogue Prosecutors: How Radical Soros Lawyers Are Destroying America's Communities." It's uh, written by Charles Stimson. He was supposed to be here. And Zach Smith, he is here. And my dear friend from uh, Victims' Rights here in New York, Jennifer Harrison, a brave uh, young lady. Uh, Zach and Jen, good morning. How are you? Good. Thank you. Nice to see you. You know, I was mentioning earlier that uh, while George Soros is kind of known as the guy that funds Antifa and all these other groups and makes sure that his lawyers and politicians and judges all win, I got to tell you who's right on his heels. I'm not sure if he's in the book or not. Mike Bloomberg. Mike Bloomberg has become the new George Soros. Every story I see these days that involves some type of shenanigans with the Democrats, the money behind them is Bloomberg almost as much as Soros. Is that fair to say? 
Well, look, Michael Bloomberg is certainly pushing leftist policies. Uh, George Soros, Mark Zuckerberg, many tech moguls as well. And look, if you follow the money, Sid, what you'll see is that regardless of where it's coming from, they're all pushing the same radical, soft on crime policies that unfortunately everyone in New York knows all too well is yeah. wreaking havoc yeah. uh, in streets across America. Especially Alvin Bragg. I just said Alan Dershowitz on. He said it may be in Trump's best interest if he's acquitted in that first of four indictments to actually come back and sue Alvin Bragg. When I mentioned Bloomberg, Jen Harrison, you shook your head yes, didn't you? Well, he's behind a lot of the um, hypocritical uh, anti-gun groups. I think he put $35 million into an- the anti-gun movement. Um, Shannon Watts, who was one of his protégés and founded Moms Demand Action, who actually came to protest against us testifying that Alvin Bragg was not enforcing the gun laws that they want on the books. Um, she just retired with $14 million. And My- <laughs> Michael Bloomberg is behind all of that. So, you know, they, they want, um, they, they blame uh, mass incarceration, racism, and Republicans for all these gun deaths, but then none of the politicians or Alvin Bragg who don't enforce the gun laws that they wanted on the books. So let's talk about that, John. Let's talk about specifically, Zach, radical source lawyers are destroying America's community. If you brought up Alvin Bragg, he's not mm. the only one uh, we saw out in San Francisco. Uh, that uh, DA was, was removed. Right. Um, and that's not the only city, too. So give me a, a little synopsis, if you will, of uh, what exactly this book goes into specifically. It's not just New York, right? No, it's not. Look, this is a national movement, Sid. There are over 70 Soros-elected district attorneys in the country right 70 now. 70 district attorneys? Over 70. That's what people don't realize. The DA race is typically a low-profile, low-dollar affair. But George Soros and his allies were very – they're very smart in some ways. They figured out the local elected district attorney is the linchpin to the criminal justice justice system. doesn't matter how many police you have. doesn't matter what arrests they make. doesn't matter how good or bad the laws on the books are. If the DA won't bring charges, none of that matters. And so what we've seen is they've elected uh, people across the country that essentially say, we're not going to prosecute certain crimes. We're not going to seek bail. You know, there's a big issue in New York right now, cash bail. I don't have to tell either you or Jen. Uh, but, you know, one of the reasons I appreciate Jen's work is what so many of these people forget are victims, victims and victims' rights. That's often the forgotten component. And by the way, Jen mentioned mass incarceration. Alvin Bragg, others, they justify their policies saying we have a mass incarceration problem yeah. in our country, yeah. uh, systemically racist criminal justice. That's just not true. Yeah. Over half of the people currently incarcerated today they're there for violent crimes, of like course, rape, right. robbery, and murder. It's not just mass incarceration. What they say is too many blacks. I mean, I, you know, everybody is so afraid to say that. You know, I had uh, Dove Hiking on yesterday, and I said, you know, Eric Adams went to Israel to find out how to combat uh, anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. He's not going to find Jewish black kids from Brooklyn beating up Jews on the streets of Tel Aviv. He needs to be right here in his own communities. Fact is, overwhelmingly, it's black kids that are beating up Jews. And the fact is that these DAs and these AGs and everybody else are trying to keep black people, innocent or not, out of prison. I mean, that's that's the fact. It goes back to the African-American people. And for some reason, we pander and bend over backwards, white and blacks, to A, uh, make the community look like they're better off than they are, and B, keep even guilty people out of jail. Well, here's the sad irony, Sid. 
is if you look at who is disproportionately the victims of violent crimes, shootings, and homicides, it's the blacks. It's young black men. Uh, but, but also make sure you say disproportionately, they also commit the most crimes. They, 14% of the population, they commit about 58% of the crime. Well, the iron- Why don't we talk about that? The irony is these policies that are supposed to help minority community members, particularly young black men, that's who they actually end up victimizing the most. And that's something no one is talking about right, right I mean, now. we know that from Chicago. I mean, give me a break. We, but here, one more time about George Floyd, who for the millionth time didn't deserve to die. But what a scumbag he was. Nine arrests, put a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach. Hardly the face of any revolution, I would think, in, in any sane country. I know you agree with all of this, Jen. You're- oh, of course I do. And that's why I'm so glad that this book is out, so that people can read about these numbers. And I hope that when they do read it, that they realize that, these numbers don't just represent numbers and statistics. There are real people, real-life consequences, real-life pain and trauma that is lifelong and never-ending for real people like me behind them. Yeah, Jen's boyfriend was murdered many, many years ago, and that's how she started the whole uh, advocate group, Victims' Rights. And it, it pains me, too, because they're like this, Justin. I got a text this morning early from Thomas Kniff. I was supposed to speak last night at an Upper West Side Republican club. I did it last year. Yeah. Uh, last year, it was me solo. This year, me and Kenneth. But I couldn't do it. I'm exhausted. I went to the Giant game two days ago, 9-11. So I didn't go. So I get a, a text from Kniff this morning early, and he said, where were you last night? I needed your help. Now, Thomas Kniff is a guy that served our country. So what if the body's a hero? And he's a brilliant attorney. He represents Daniel Penny, the hero on the subway who didn't kill a black man that day. He protected black subway riders. That's the truth. He's a great guy. He's the guy that lost to Alvin Bragg. Could you imagine? That's like Tom Sullivan losing to Stacey Amato. Could you imagine? Well, one of the things we talked about in the book, Sid, is we go into the background of the movement. And you have to understand, not all, but many of the people who run as rogue prosecutors, they're former criminal defense attorneys. They're former public defenders. And understand, public defenders, criminal defense attorneys, they play an important role in our criminal justice system, but they play a fundamentally different role than the prosecutor. And so whenever you have someone trying to be a criminal defense attorney in a district attorney's role, it just doesn't work, and it wreaks havoc wherever it's being tried. Does the book actually go into how the relationship starts? I mean, does Soros just find out, okay, he's a Democrat or black, whatever it is, so I can get him? Explain to me how all these relationships between Soros and all these people start. So the way we set up the book, Sid, is we spend a chapter going into the ideological underpinnings, the kind of ideological background of the movement. By the way, it's based on the prison abolition movement uh, from the 60s and 70s, a radical Marxist movement. We talk about the funding, and then we highlight eight different rogue prosecutors, their policies, how they came into office, and we have an entire chapter on Alvin Bragg, who he is, his terrible policies, and the tragic consequences. Oh, but he's a DA. You're talking about attorney generals like Letitia James. He's another one. We focused on district attorneys DAs, okay. in our book. Right. What was uh, the guy's name out in uh, San Francisco? Chase Abudi. Right. Uh, and it should tell you how bad his policies were. Uh, even San Francisco kicked him out of office <laughs> right. for being too radical. So let that sink in. Even San Francisco. Who were some other the other six? That so we have George Gascon in Los Angeles. Yep. We have Kim Fox in Chicago, Kim Gardner in St. Louis, Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore, Rachel Rollins in Boston. But 
what happens is George Soros or his allies, they go into these communities. They often set up a pack, a safety and justice pack or a color of change pack here in New York, and they funnel massive amounts of money. We're talking seven-figure-plus donations in many cases to these candidates. And for district attorney's races, that's a tsunami of cash. Uh, and he basically floods the zones. And it's important to understand, when they run for office, many of these individuals say uncontroversial things. We want a fair criminal justice system. We don't want anyone to be incarcerated needlessly. Everybody agrees with that. But what happens when they get into office, it quickly becomes apparent. They mean something vastly different by that than what you or I or Jen or someone on the street would understand it. Zach Smith, rogue prosecutors. That's the book, How Radical Soros Lawyers Are Destroying America's Communities with my friend Jen Harrison. Uh, there is talk on the street, at least, that Soros, in his 90s now, uh, not all that well, getting older, that his son, who's had more visits to the White House than Jill Biden, <laughs> that his son is uh, ready to take over and that his son, believe it or not, is more dangerous than his father. Can you uh, confirm and or deny that? Well, Alex Soros has said he intends to focus more on domestic politics than his father. Uh, He is certainly continuing his father's legacy of backing radical leftist agendas. And so I think we're going to continue to see, uh, you know, this same type of effort coming out of Alex Soros as he did out of his father. So what about you, Jen? You've uh, you've gained some traction. You mentioned the, you know, the uh, the Jim Jordan uh, conference here in New York a couple of months ago. You were there. You were part of that. You were the best that day. Thank and the others said Joey Borgin and uh, Alba, the, the bodega owner. Who's the other lady that turned out to be a backstab? What was her name? Uh, what was her, what's her name? You know what I'm talking about. Just say it. What's we're her not, name? We're not going to talk about her. <laughs> okay, then don't. Uh, but you were, you were part of that day. Have you gained any more traction since then? Do you feel like People uh, in New York are starting to wake up to it just a bit. Or is it the same old uh, every day? They are because we, you know, we started this movement because um, victims don't want to welcome any more members to our group. We don't want what happened to our families to happen to your family or any any of the listeners' families. And I think that more and more people are being victimized and realizing that it might happen to them. So I'm also really glad for books like this and the attention that's being drawn to DA races because they're not just important to victims where we pay attention. We need everybody to pay attention to local races, especially DA races, because as we saw here, it's not just a local election or local consequences. This actually had national ramifications with the Trump indictment. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Yeah, no one really pays attention. Again, uh, the DA's race, Thomas Kniff, great guy, ran against Alvin Bragg. And the AG race, our friend Michael Henry Ran against Letitia James, certainly Knipp and Henry, uh, much uh, better at that, that position they would have been than than uh, Bragg and uh, and James. So how do you make sure now, to Jen's point, Zach, that people get out and pay more attention? It's kind of like the city council races. Like, no one's talking about them. Everybody's right. concentrating on Trump and Biden in 2024. But to be honest, here in New York, what's happening this November will affect us more than next November. How do we get people to care about these races? 
Well, I think doing what we're doing right now is a big step in the right direction. Many people don't understand what the role of a local elected DA is. Many people don't understand what these harmful policies are that are being enacted by Alvin Bragg and other district attorneys, and they don't understand the consequences of their actions. I think it's becoming more apparent every day, but I think making sure to link the consequences you're seeing on the street with the policies that Alvin Bragg has implemented, uh, that's very important to do. How do you feel, Jen Harrison, when you hear somebody like Mayor Eric Adams come out and say, got to tell you, thorough, good investigation, taking a picture of smiling on the street with Alvin Bragg. How do you feel when you hear stuff like that? It's sickening, and I don't think that he's doing himself any favors either. He was elected by the people of New York to clean up the streets of New York and keep the people of New York safe. And he knows better than anybody that Alvin Bragg is not doing that. So Eric Adams needs to do his job. He he needs to save his career, to be honest with you, and stand up for the people of New York and stop putting politics above people. Are you nervous about the illegal crisis? Uh, I don't think uh, out in uh, Suffolk, where you are out in Shorty, Long Island, it's a big deal. You've got your own issues with gangs and MS-13 and things like that, but... What are your thoughts on the whole illegal crisis here? Oh, I mean, it's hard. I actually, we, we do have a problem in Suffolk County. You do? And I actually am working with a victim right now who is a mother of a young girl who was brutally raped by gang members who walked into her home. She, she's here illegally. She's from Guatemala. Gang members walked into her home at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, brutally raped and near fatally stabbed her, and she was scared that they were going to go looking for her 4-year-old little girl. Oh. This woman mustered the strength fatal injuries to get up and find her daughter and make sure that she was safe. And she survived, but, you know, by the grace of God and the will of a mother. Um, but she wants to go home to Guatemala because this is what she came here for, to, to flee from, you know, this kind of violence. And now it's happening here. Unbelievable, huh, Zach? It is. But you know what's really unbelievable, Sid, is many of these rogue prosecutors have said, and go look at the book, look at the sources we cite, they say they're going to make charging decisions with an eye toward immigration consequences. So in the face of the crisis we're facing right now, district attorneys like Alvin Bragg have said they're going to make charging decisions in an effort not to affect someone's immigration status, not to trigger faster deportation or trigger some other collateral consequences. And so, unfortunately, when you hear stories like the one Jen just said, keep in mind, Alvin Bragg has pledged in writing to make charging decisions not to adversely affect someone's immigration status. Um, I mean, what else can you say? He, he is, when you look up the word scumbag in the dictionary, there's Alvin Bragg's picture. There are a couple of pages of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe there's more than one. You're right. Uh, Rogue prosecutor, Zach, where can people get this book and get it now? Because it's a great book and very important. Well, I appreciate that. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at Barnes & Noble and wherever else uh, books are sold. All right. Rogue prosecutors, how radical Soros lawyers are destroying America's communities by Charles Stimson and my guest, Zach Smith, and, of course, my friend Jen Harrison.